Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Steinhoffel. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, hello, hello there. This is Cinnabuds. I am 889's Justin Barney. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. Today, we're talking about classics. I'm going to make them an offer you can't refuse. Show me the money. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Is it safe? If you build it, he will come. Here's Johnny. I'll just come up sometime, see me. I want to be alone. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I've always depended on the kindness. What is a classic? Okay, Polly. I mean, people use the phrase in different ways. Classics t- tend to mean just. Uh, films that have stood the test of time, they stand up over repeated viewings, and there's a at least a good chunk of people who all agree like this one was seminal for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. I also think that in within the film world, if you talk about the classics, people people are t- in America at least people are tend to be talking about like the golden age of Hollywood in American films, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, that kind of thing. What is the first classic that you remember seeing and thinking this? Yeah, that's a good question. I, Well, I will say it's probably not the first one because I remember seeing Alien. My my cousin made me watch Alien. I was terrified as a child of everything, so I didn't want to watch it. Though I don't know if at the time that would have been considered a classic because it was like only like 10 years old when I'd seen it. See, I, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, now it is a classic. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, Alien, and I remember thinking I don't want to watch this, and then I saw it, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And it opened me up to a whole new world. But then I also remember being, as again as a kid, resistant to movies in black and white, uh-huh. uh, which people sometimes still are. And now I cannot get enough. I do remember in a film class, so I was already a bit open to it, but it was like I wasn't a film major, but I took one film class, and we watched Charlie Chaplin's The Kid uh, on a mildly big screen in a classroom with a projector and the whole class was blown away. A whole class of like 20 somethings were blown away by a movie that was made in the twenties. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember at the end legit tearing up and I'm like, what is happening to me right now? Cause this movie should not in my mind at that time should not be affecting me because it's silent and it's old. Yeah. (laughs) We all were cracking up. There was people like, Definitely, like, sniffing at the end. I remember at the Milwaukee Film Festival watching Harold Lloyd, Safety Last. And I remember seeing Safety Last in the packed theater at the Oriental Theater. This movie that was released in 1923. Yeah. And we're watching it in, whatever, 2017. Right. And when he, at the, like, pivotal point in the movie, the entire crowd (laughs) cheered. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, that is the impact of a classic. Yeah. A movie that is almost 100 years old that can get a 1,000 people yeah. into a room cheering at a silent movie. It's amazing how those hold up. We showed uh, at Milwaukee Film, for a member screening, we showed City Lights, another Chaplin film. Uh, I think it was not this past Christmas, but the Christmas or the, 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 the December before. Again, there were hundreds of people, hundreds of people in a packed theater Watching a movie that came out around 
the time that building was made. Mm. Cracking up at a hundred year old movie, essentially. After the break, we are going to talk more about um, how we got introduced to classics, where you can watch classics now, and we're going to do like classic starter packs. Um, stay tuned. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Steinhoffel's Furniture, fourth-generation family-owned furniture and mattress retailer serving southeastern Wisconsin since 1934. Steinhoffel's offers leather and upholstery, dining and bedroom furniture, plus fireplaces and mattresses. Online shopping at steinhoffels.com. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> and uh, you were talking about watching Alien for yeah. the first time, being your like introduction yeah, yeah. to classics. Um, I remember I had a, a similar experience where I remember watching a movie and being like this is what movies are oh yeah. this is like what movies are right. capable of my introduction into classics was the franklin public library oh yeah me me great and, source yeah great source and i it was at this time where the franklin public library was moving from its old location which was like in city hall yeah. to the new building that they exist in now and it was also like right at the beginning of DVDs okay. being a thing. And so it was this great like limitation. You know, they had probably a hundred DVDs. Yeah. Maybe like maybe even less. Now you go and there's like shelves yeah, on shelves yeah. on shelves. But there was like such a limited amount <laughs> that it was like, okay, these are the ones that I have to pick from. And uh, I remember the movie that really made me think this is what movies can be is uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh, yeah. By Wes Anderson. I remember picking it up because I was like, you know, in my young teens. And uh, I picked it up because it had a fun looking front to it. Yeah. And the letters were cool. Right. And right. it stuck out. And I remember watching that movie and being like, this is nuts. This is what movies are capable of. And it blew me away. And then the first like classic classic yeah, like that I remember classic. Yeah. <laughs> that I remember renting after that was the seventh seal by oh, Igmar Bergman. Man, that's a jump. It was a jump. It was <laughs> yeah. a jump. But I remember like that's the kind of movie that I remember watching it in high school, Seventh Seal, Igmar Bergman. Yeah black and white movie from Scandinavia in the 70s, 60s, late 60s or early 70s. And I remember in high school being like, this is the kind of movie you watch where it's like, I am this kind of person, you know? <laughs> and like, I roll my eyes at that today. Oh no, but, but honestly, you know, it's like a, it's because you're a kid or you're younger. So you're, Everything you do is like a part of your definition that you're trying totally. to build. It is definitely excusable when you are that age because it's necessary to build what it's like. It's essentially you saying, oh, I'm really into this. But of course, you have to integrate it into your personality yeah. for a while. Yeah, but totally. no, that's a good step toward, you know, developing these passions. So that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the first 
So Alien was Alien was one. Uh, the Kid by Charlie Chaplin's another. Um, actually, much later in life though, I discovered film noir. So this is like uh, like early forties, late thirties, early forties. Uh, those dark crime. The 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 lighting is always starkly black and white. The dialogue is great. The dialogue is superb. One of my absolute favorites. Once I discovered it, I ran through a slew of them. I just was like on a binge. Um, but the, one of my favorites is with Robert Mitchum, who is still one of my favorite actors oh, at the time. My lord, yeah. Robert Mitchum, yeah, is I like such a oh, like actor of that God. time. He epitomizes yes. it. Um, uh, can I just do a quick yeah. Robert Mitchum aside? My introduction to Robert Mitchum was through the show Bored to Death. <laughs> Bored to oh, Death. Was he on it? No, Bored to Death did this episode where uh, Jason Schwartzman, his character was being interviewed on the Dick Cavett show. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, um, um, Ted Danson's character says to Jason Schwartzman's character, you got to be like Robert Mitchum. And then they showed like a clip of Robert oh, Mitchum of like the Mitchum, the interview that Dick Cavett did with Robert Mitchum. They yeah. showed like just a clip of it. Yeah. And I paused the episode and then went to YouTube to and watch watched it. the one hour interview that Dick oh. Cavett did with Robert Mitchum. And I have watched that one hour interview three or four times. It's like my, it's, it's probably my favorite, like, on film interview I've, I've never ever seen that. Seen oh it. my lord, Cape Ali. It will be the thing I do the moment this is over. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so and that was like Robert Mitchum walks out and he's got his sunglasses on. He's, is he smoking. He's, he's smoking. Yeah. He's got a drink in tow. And he <laughs> is like he is aloof. He's loose. He is just like the definition. He's got of like the deepest cool. voice. He's got the deepest voice. I don't know how at, they recorded it. At one point, Dick Cavett is asking Robert Mitchum, he's saying so you were on the chain, on chain gang. gang. Um, well, it wasn't much of a chain gang. We, you know, you were as a kid. He, he was arrested yeah. and part of this chain gang. And Robert Mitchum, he like swirls his drink. He's like, well, it wasn't much of a chain gang. We, it's all we had. We, we call it home. home. <laughs> <laughs> See, that is a perfect example. He epitomizes those movies. He does because of this like just snappy dialogue that's like more clever than you kind of expect it to be from these like thugs and cops and stuff like that yeah. i did i captured this uh dialogue from out of the past so out of the past has robert mitchum and kirk douglas oh, another man. icon gruesome too so yeah they both have the best chins they both have mm -hmm. very specific chins uh <laughs> the movie should have been called specific chins <laughs> uh, but night of the hunter with robert mitchum is a oh, classic one of my all-time favorites out of the past out of that genre just has some of the, those two actors, some of the best dialogue. And here's just a sample of the kind of wit that they have. One character says, uh, actually, I'm going to point to you. When I point to you, say it's a small world. Okay. So you'll be that guy. Uh, I often wondered what happened to him. Then one day I'm breezing through here and there's his name up on a sign. It's a small world. Yeah. Or a big sign. <laughs> How is that? That's like three of the best dialogue points. I mean, that's astounding. That, But it's that times 100. Like, they'll do that and immediately launch into an equal, <laughs> like, another bit on, on that level. So it's just incredibly snappy dialogue and, you know, dark and, 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 and menacing. And I love those movies so much. Love those. And they affected, like, every crime or any kind of moody film that came after it. I think one of my other 
entry points into classics. Wes Anderson kind of got me into Igmar Bergman and then Bergman. I think a lot of people's entry point is French film from the 70s, French New Wave. Yeah, like like film student-y type people. That's where they go for, yeah, yeah. For sure. And I, I remember um, I went to school in Madison and yeah. Madison still to this day yeah. has one of the greatest movie rental places oh, that yeah, is yeah. still in existence, uh, four-star video heaven. I've been there. Yes. And I'm not even from there or ever lived there, but I've been there. <laughs> and so we had a, like, you can get, like, a Netflix, for the cost of a Netflix subscription, you can yeah. get, like, a movie subscription, and you could, it's the kind of place where you, Dan Savage worked there. Oh, and, really? Yeah. It's <laughs> the kind of place that is, like, written up in, yeah, yeah. that you, you know, that they make movies about, right. where you go in and the guys are talking about movies, and they're foreign section is bigger than uh, their comedy yeah, section yeah. and um, all the ones that are flipped out are the movies that you should see Yeah, and we had a subscription there and then we got into you know Godard, Fellini, Cassavetes Altman, yeah. Orson Welles Stanley Kubrick. There was like a summer where I was like I'm just going to watch all Kubrick movies Yeah, was, I think that's a good way to like and now that right. all of them are available just like keying in on a director and especially like Kubrick who's like very easy like his it's not like Godard where Godard's got like 60 movies yeah. you know he's got a very uh, doable amount of movies to watch that that's a good you bring up that uh video story because there was one in St. Louis and I wish I remember the name of it but it was the one that made me and I I live like 40 minutes away from St. Louis so I had to drive a long way to go to a rental store and then like think okay am I gonna be able to get back in time to return these uh-huh. but it was the first time I was at one where it was like you know, sectioned out by director. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know enough to like, wh- oh, here's the directors I should really be into. So I think the first one I like got into be- just because they had a shelf of it was Bernardo Bertolucci did Last Tango in Paris, mm. <laughs> which was like one of the first mainstream film or not mainstream films, but like Hollywood actor films that had was rated X at the time. Ooh. And it was this, just this, it was Marlon Brando just as he's about to get fat. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. not quite. I wouldn't call him fat yet, but he's definitely thick, and he's still trying to be make this like sexy '70s movie. Just him and Maria. Oh, I can't remember her name in their apartment the entire time, and it's this very sexual, very like cat and mouse kind of disturbing in many points kind of uh, kind of film. And I remember going, "Oh my gosh, one, I should not be watching this. Mm-hmm. I like, I shouldn't be allowed to watch this. But two, like." I didn't know movies. That's Marlon Brando. I know him. How is he in this movie doing all these horrendous things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was just an odd intro to that world of like, oh, I'm going to dig into one person. Well, I think that the world that we live in now is different from the world of 10 years ago. Yeah. Where now everything is available. Yeah. At everything is available at once. So, um, I think for for anybody that, you know, grew up more than five years ago, yeah. you know, there was this finding classics was a hunt. And that was, I mean, that was like music too. For me, like that's one of my favorite, that has always been one of my favorite parts about right. like art is the curation is hunting and pecking is going to the store or going to Franklin Public Library and finding the seventh seal, like the one classic movie they had amongst all of these. 
And uh, the world that we live in now is where everything is available. Right. And so where the, it was fun to find the the thing that uh, was rare and yeah. existed. Now it uh, now it all exists at once, which is a totally different kind of thing. And now it's like now the hard part is choosing is choosing. Yeah, you know. And so now the the question is is not is not like how do you find it? Is how do you choose choose the right thing? Yeah. And one thing that is going on right now that is very helpful in this is that movie theaters right. are showing classics, which yeah. I think is is this great turn that um, that is happening now and a great introduction to classics for people who just kind of feel overwhelmed now that every single classic is available forever. Yeah. Because when you go to, like you say, you go to the library now that there's a million things. Right. The, and, the, you know, the phrase, I, I just learned the phrase, spoiled for choice. You're spoiled yeah. for choice. Meaning, like you, you can't appreciate it because there's too much. So you might not pick out the the more challenging thing. But when a when a movie theater has it, this like one, you have like the respect of the movie. Like, oh, if they are choosing to show this, they are doing. There's it. a reason for it. Yes, and you get the experience of seeing it in the movie theater, as opposed to just sitting in your house and watching it. Which, when you're, if, especially if you're kind of trying to get into a new thing, and you have. You can easily distract yourself at your house. You can easily give up quick. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I watch tons of stuff in my house, but if this is you're trying to focus on a new thing, being in a movie theater where you've paid to go in one and you're sitting there, like you're probably not going to leave, you know, right. unless it's just horrendous. Plus, you've got that group experience, like we were talking about, everyone laughing at the same time or everyone gasping or like, oh, I remember this. So people are excited. It's a whole new ball game and, and- that gets you really excited about it. And theaters now are the writers of history. You know, um, like we were saying at the beginning was like Alien wasn't a classic then, but is a classic now. Yeah. And uh, um, like some of my introduction, I remember watching these movies in like the early to mid 2000s, like one of my favorite, like the Wes Anderson movies. And then like I Heart Huckabees and Ghost World and Amelie yeah. and You, Me and Everyone We Know. Right. And then... The Oriental Theater played "You, Me, and Everyone We Know" yeah. like last month, and uh, that is that is how these classics are created by doing these showings and having them in the collective, you know, atmosphere, right? And then putting that importance and saying, you know, remember watching "You, Me, and Everyone We Know" yeah, yeah. when it came out in two thousand seven? That movie was important. It's so important yeah. <laughs> that we're going to show it in this theater, and other people thought it was important too, and other people yeah. liked it as well, and that's how classics are made. That is like the active yeah. writing of history that I think is super interesting. It's really awesome because when I first moved here, there was like a flyer. Like there was 17 years ago I moved here. Mm. There was a, I found a flyer for the Time Cinema, mm. and they had a listing of the classics they showed in the evenings on like Fridays or something. Mm. And there was like Duck Soup. They were playing Marx Brothers yeah. movies. And then there was a phase where it didn't happen anymore. And I feel like just recently it's starting to come back to theaters where people are going, nope, we're going to go back. Avalon Theater does a great job. They have classics throughout the year. They're doing Tarantino um, right. Thursdays right now. And Tarantino, an excellent entry point, you know, sure. as we have all, you know, yeah. had our experience. They have that. a they have an anime May and they have a Miyazaki, Miyazaki May March, March or something like that. Yeah. One of those two. I was there at the first. Downer one. Theater's Miyazaki. doing Midnight Classics again now. The Oriental Theater does them all the time. We have a great, um, because it's the 20-year anniversary of 1999, we're doing, and 88.9 is partnering with it, uh, <laughs> a series of 
uh, classics from 1999 throughout the year. So one every month. Uh, because and there's a book that came out uh, about how 1999 was actually a really big year for movies. Really? And when you look at it in the scope, it's like uh, 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 Being John Malkovich came out that time. Fight totally. Club came oh out that God, time. So good. But then you also have these like Iron Giant and things like yeah. that. Yeah. There's like a bunch of movies that came out in 1999 that people are like, oh, that's still like a thing that I love. Totally. So it's an interesting thing what to celebrate. What's the book? Uh, I think it's called The Best Year of Movies or something like The Best Year oh in Cinema God. 1999. I'm going to have to get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just seeing these movies with everyone, and especially when it's even a recent classic, like the kind of ones we were talking about. Yeah. You Dude. get the group of people you want to see that movie with because yeah. everyone going to that is like, I need to see that on the big screen. Yeah. That's why I want to do our screening of Mandy because yeah. <laughs> Mandy is a classic. Instant classic, Instant classic. Mandy. Yeah. And uh, like Roma is already a classic, you know, and like that's the kind of movie that I, yeah, do I you know, know that I love Roma? Too soon. I do. <laughs> Too <laughs> soon for both of those movies. <laughs> this is me just like asser- I know. asserting the point. And <laughs> just trying to keep the it portion there. where Justin talks about Roma in every podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, Roma is a classic. This is your MacGruber. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. thought those two films would be compared. Huh. <laughs> So, um, I'm a, I want to run down. Oh no, you go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah. What's in the theater coming I, up? In oh the yeah, summer that we can like that we can see. Or Wee's Big Adventure is coming. No way. Speaking of waiting for my uh, Muppet movie, that was the previous podcast. But I keep talking about how I wait for another Muppet movie. I'm also waiting for another Wee's Big Adventure. Wee's Big Adventure is a classic, like kid slash teen movie that appeals to adults. Yes. That is a classic. That one is uh, that is a standard test time. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be coming up. Uh, Fight Club is coming. We're actually showing Fight Club soon. Um, there's a lot of good ones. Um, there was like a legit formal classic from Avalon was showing recently that I got really excited about, and I think I missed it. But they showed like a 30s, 1930s American classic recently. Like those are ones I really, because we don't see as much of those, because I think they're maybe a harder sell. But I love seeing right. those. It's easier movie. seeing a movie from 1999 when you right. were alive when right. it was <laughs> yeah. released than a movie from 1930. That yeah. it, uh, it, you get you really you do have to take the extra step into that. But totally worth it. I mean, I want to see some film noir on the big screen soon. Yeah, there's some great stuff. For sure. What are some other favorites? We'll just I just want to run through a few more favorites some... of, of of yours. Why don't you go since you have some? In I have some in mind. Yeah, uh, I love the Marx Brothers. I love uh, the Marx duck Brothers, soup yeah. and animal crackers are so funny, um, and are and so like, I mean, music and film like they're so comparative oh, yeah, with like art, a, yeah. And it's like for the Marx Brothers, watching those, watching the Marx Brothers makes you appreciate Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, no, you're right. You, you I mean, see, they affected you everything. see the miming, yeah, and you're like, sure. oh, that is. You know, that's this Harpo is class. That's Harpo all the way. You yeah, know, that's yeah. classic comedy. No, it affected everything. I mean, all those. And uh, we're talking about film noir out of the past. I talked about Lady from Shanghai, an Orson Welles film that I think is, I like it better than I like Citizen Kane. Lady from Shanghai is a very cool movie that was very unfortunately referenced in Skyscraper <laughs> with the Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> a hall, the Lady from Shanghai is the original Skyscraper. Uh, I'm going to make yes. that bold statement. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Talking about Netflix. Is it? It is on Netflix. It's yeah. uh talk about snappy dialogue. Man, that movie is 100% dialogue and it is intense the entire time. It all takes place in essentially a living room. 
and it is just it's toxic and hilarious and like shocking. It's so good. My favorite, I I really really love Orson Welles. Yeah. Um, kind of everything that he does, and my favorite Orson Welles movie is F is for Fake. Okay, I've not seen that. It's like the I feel like one that it's I kind of seen. like an offbeat one because it's yeah. like a kind of like a pseudo documentary. Yeah, where he talks like any movie that comments about like the what art is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, here we are. Me while I push my glasses up my nose. <laughs> no, my god. <laughs> so um, I love that. Anything by John Cassavetes. Um, sure. I am a real, and also there was a documentary about John Cassavetes yeah. that is just as good as any of his films. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, I want to also say that romantic comedies, if you are, if the phrase romantic comedies hits your ear like it does me, which is like, ugh. Yeah. Because the way that they've been for so many years now, try the romantic comedies of the 30s and 40s. That is where that phrase means something. Okay, give us one uh, rom-com from the I'm 30s or 40s. three of them. Okay. So Preston Sturgis was like a master of this genre, and he did a great movie called The Lady Eve with uh, Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck. Again, dialogue on point, and just the characters are so cute and fun. And the and um, so that one's great. Sullivan's Travels is another one by Preston Sturgis with Veronica Lake in it. I don't know either of these. They're great movies. They both, I think, they both have Criterion collections, so you know they're legitimate. That is how you know it's legit. Um, but they're very funny. Sullivan's Travels is about like a, a movie mogul who decide or movie screenwriter who thinks he can't come up with the next big thing unless he's lived a better life. So he goes and pretends he's a hobo for a while. That is such a great premise. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What was, um, that? What was that movie? That was called Sullivan's Travels. Writing it down. Every, see, everything by Preston Sergis. He's brilliant. And then uh, Bringing a Baby with uh, Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Oh, screwball comedies. I don't know if that's a romantic or a screwball comedy. Either way, that one's really good. It's got a leopard in it or a some sort of wildcat. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> it. Spoiler, that's the baby. <laughs> oh, I ruined it. But yeah, you can't beat those. Those are just impressive. Okay. I feel good about this. I feel good about that. Go classics. see classics in the theater and then watch more of them at home. Yeah, for but real. Don't be distracted. Turn the lights off. It's hard. Sometimes watching your a classic phone is like, you know, it's difficult. It can be. Some of them are slower, and but worth it. Some of them won't, you won't be easily distracted by because, or from because yeah. they're just going to keep you with it the whole Dude, time. I watched She's Gotta Have It. Oh yeah, yeah. The other day by by Spike Lee and that was one where I started and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have the patience for this. And then 5 minutes in, I was like, yeah. f- you know, phone was on silent. Right, I was right. sucked in and I was like this is a stone cold classic. It was yeah. so good. I watched do the right thing recently, uh, and it. I was like, I, I was like, nothing could live up to do the right thing, and then yeah. I saw she's got to have it. And I was like, I don't, it might be better. School Days is also a lot of fun. That yeah. movie is really good too. Yeah, all right. So many good movies. Also, have you heard of Roma? Nope. You should see it. Nope. Sounds like a bunch of <laughs> BS to me, man. All right. This is Cinnabuds talking about classics. Is that a Tyler Perry movie? Roma? Uh, Tyler yeah. Perry's Roma. Uh, Tyler Perry's Roma. I would see that movie. I would 100% see that. I changed my tone completely. I'm on board. Hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cinnabuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Oh. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab and Walking uh-huh. Our theme song is from walking musician Brett Newski. Say what? 
We also get support from Steinhoffel's Furniture and from Associated Bank. So nice. Also support from our members from Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our members. And we wouldn't be here if you weren't listening, so thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, guys.